what is the throne of God like? What's the, what is heaven like? It's like a place where people cry out who God is. So let's just take a moment, just a moment, and let's just to yourself, even soften your voice, just cry holy. Holy is the Lord. Just say it to him. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. Holy are you, Lord. No one like you. Holy are you. Separate from all others. Holy is the Lord. Honor to your great name. Holy is the Lord. Lord, we say that today. We agree. We agree with you today that you are holy and there is none like you. There is none like you. We stand in awe of you today. God, I pray that across this room, that during this morning together, that your spirit would move in a way that reflects how great you are. Lord, in our worship, in your healing power, in your word, Lord, let everything reflect the fact that you are holy. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everyone said, amen. Before you're seated, good morning. Good to see all of you. And uh, some of you thought I died last week at the Rocky Challenge, and that's why I wasn't here. But uh, let's take some time and greet each other and uh, uh, just enjoy each other's company for a moment. God bless you guys. Amen. Hope of the world. That's what the church is. Praise God. Amen. Hey, uh, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering, so as our ushers prepare. And uh, just as a quick reminder... Um, in regards to uh, the, the Speed the Light Rocky Challenge, and again, the Rocky Challenge was the vehicle we used to raise money for Speed the Light. Uh, Carrie here is going to be the collector of money. She's going to have two bodyguards around her at all times. And so, uh, students, if you're collecting money, which I know this morning, you're going to people, you're looking at your list, you're going to people that sponsored you and said, hey, is there any way you could take care of that today? That would be fantastic because, um, you know, that, that, it's great to have it on paper, but it's better to have it in the bank, correct? That's right. And so we, the quicker it gets there, we get to send it out. But please see Carrie. Um, it, or if, if a student hasn't approached you, but you happen to have the money, you can see her as well. Uh, but make sure the envelope has a student's name and has Speed the Light on it. That would be super helpful. Uh, thank you for your faithfulness to give. Let's pray. Lord, we honor you for this day. We, we do. We say that you are holy, that you are wonderful in every way. I pray that you would bless uh, this moment of giving. Let it reflect uh, our worship to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
favorite hymns of all time. Thank you, worship team. Appreciate you guys. Hey, if you could play that video and watch the volume, make sure that gets up there. Thank you. you so much for those that, uh, that sponsor students. We really, really appreciate it. Hey, I have quite a few announcements today, and uh, I'm going to save one for the last, and we're going to pray for it. But um, uh, again, uh, getting money to carry would be wonderful. Thank you for taking care of that. Uh, next Sunday, uh, during, the, uh, during the Life Group Hour, will be a move-up Sunday. It will be that time when, when uh, adults, you can stay where you are, but, but kids, uh, you'll be moving up. Some of you move up to a, another another class, and so that'll be actually in here at 9:30. Linda wanted me to let you know that, and so that'll be kind of our move up Sunday for that. Um, uh, on Wednesday nights, we still have our series called Judgment Call, uh, but that will be uh, that won't be till uh, the first uh, Wednesday in September because this Wednesday we have our Girls Ministry Award Ceremony. So this Wednesday night. A girls' ministry awards ceremony, and then and then following that, the following Wednesday, we'll we'll wrap up our time in judgment call, and then also uh, family fellowship night. We have uh, once a month uh, on Sunday nights from five to seven p.m. September eleventh, October 9th, November thirteenth, um, at the Nash's house. And so, Lauren, you're very brave. You have your number there for all of us to see. You know, anybody want to text Lauren right now and be like, hey, Lauren, what's up? Um, but uh, please text her the first seven families. Space is limited. So first seven families, please check that out. That will be wonderful. Also, Divorce Care will begin September 7th, meeting in room 107. Please uh, make sure you're aware of that. Also, book bags. If you're somebody who likes to... When you're going to do stuff for the kingdom, you just you want to buy something tangible. This is your this is your your spot here. You can buy book bags for preschool in Wilmington. Those will be due September 11th. Please see Joy Coleman and take care of that. Also September 2nd, this Friday night will be our Water Wars, and we're going to have inflatables, games, food. It's going to be a great night. Notice the time change because we have to beat some darkness. So 6 to 9 p.m. and then youth convention is coming up. Make sure you're aware that um, next Sunday will be the $90 deposit due for a youth convention that is coming up quickly. And then one last one almost here. Um, don't forget, next Sunday we're going to be having all of our classes. Um, 
and all of our life group classes uh, between 9 and 9.45, and that those 5th and 6th grade classes, as well as 7th and 8th, are going to be back up at the cabin. So make sure you're aware of that. And our last announcement, we're going to, which we're going to pray for, uh, as Pastor Brandon is going to come and share God's word with us today, is September 18th. We have a big day here, and it is the 37th anniversary of Praise Assembly. Give yourself a hand. And uh, our superintendent, uh, General Superintendent Doug Clay will be here, and he'll be sharing from God's Word that day and just enjoying the morning with us as we celebrate. And as you know, we follow that with a good time. We'll be outside, and I don't know if it's there. We've never had bad weather, so praise God for his faithfulness in that way. And, uh, but we're going to have an incredible day that day, uh, just celebrating what God has done. So let's pray for that day, and then Pastor Brandon's going to come. Lord, thank you. Thank you so much, Jesus, for all that you've done. And Lord, I, I pray for this uh, coming um, September 18th that'll be happening in a little less than a month now, that you would bless that day, that the word of God would find a spot in our hearts and that people would come and know you that day. And as we celebrate together all that you are and all that you've done, God, I pray that you would do uh, incredible things in the hearts and lives of people. Lord, let that day be blessed from beginning to end. Let your presence be here, every corner of our property. Let people sense the presence of God as they come out that day. Lord, every detail, prepare it. Go before us, go behind us. And God, I thank you that you are faithful. Lord, we honor your great name. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. For some of you this morning, this is all the Rocky Challenge I can muster up this morning. So if I can get $500 a step, I just nailed it. Doing work in my house and my father-in-law is putting me to the test. My back is, I'm only going to be 50, but I feel like I'm, put a, put a number in there, that's how I feel this morning. Isn't it disappointing that the kids get to move up and the adults, you get to an age and you don't get a ceremony anymore. You don't get to move up to another class and it just all ends. Uh, somebody had a meme, I think it was Gary this week, that at some point growing up, there was one last day where your friends all gathered at your house and you played. It just ends. And you don't even realize it until it's gone. And uh, so, I don't know. We just, we don't get to partake of those things anymore. So it's good to be speaking to you this morning. And, and I'm amazed because I'm going to be speaking out of 1 Timothy. But this is Paul writing to Timothy. And pastors... Uh, series on Ephesians, it's Paul talking. So you're going to hear some similarities uh, because Paul had a certain ministry that he, that he taught. But if you don't know, you know, I, I can identify with Timothy in this. I'm not saying I'm a Timothy, but what I am saying is, is that I can appreciate uh, the verses we're going to read here because Paul tells him, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. I'm young this morning. That's how, I, that's how I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with it. I'm going to be 50 in about a month, but I am young this morning. Maybe I'll be old then. But many times, let me put it this way. My, my father was a pastor, and uh, I would, he, he would either be away or whatever the case is, and somebody's in the hospital, and I have to go. And I felt like they are getting shortchanged. You know, here they're expecting the pastor. It'd be like, you know, you're expecting the president and he sends the secretary of state. It's like, eh, it's, it's okay, but it's not the president. That's how I felt going into these situations, that 
I was shortchanging them. They were going to get less version of the pastor, but hey, I'm here. I'll pray for you. That's how I used to look at it. And Paul is telling Timothy, don't let anybody, that was me doing that to myself. That wasn't anybody saying that to me, but don't let anybody tell you you're too young. Paul and Timothy had uh, quite a relationship. They were very close. Um, and Paul could, you know, he really poured his heart into Timothy. He poured out uh, his ministry into Timothy in hopes that one day Paul's not going to be around and that next generation needs to come up and Timothy was a perfect candidate for that. Vice versa, Timothy loved Paul. He served him well um, and he was, in these letters, you know, that, that Paul is writing, Timothy is still a growing minister. And so Paul is once again reiterating to him and he's speaking into our lives uh, he could see that one day he's going to take the mantle and run with it and, and carry on the ministry. And it said that Timothy was trusted among the churches so that when Paul couldn't be there, Timothy can go and they didn't feel slighted. They didn't feel like they were getting, you know, they, we wanted Paul and now you're sending Timothy. Again, that's how I felt many times. But no, the churches embraced Timothy uh, just as they would Paul. Um, and so although... Uh, he wrote this to a, a growing minister. I feel, and I, I we know this today, this scripture is for each one of us as well. As we, as we live our lives, as we are believers, um, they can easily be adopted for any servant of the Lord that is trying to grow in the Lord. Are you trying to grow in the Lord today? Because I get, I get it that there can be a leveling off where we're just kind of going through the motions and, and we don't feel like we're growing anymore. We can continually be growing. We can be doing things. And so Paul's giving Timothy instruction and, and he's speaking to me today. We would all be wise when we read God's word is, God, how, is, how are you saying this to me that I need to apply it to my life? Because many times I've read the Bible and thought, mm, they need to read this. You know, this verse is for them. No, it's for me this morning. It's for you. And we want to apply it. Now, Paul is telling Timothy to speak to or to be an example to his, uh, his other believers. But I would say we are to be an example as well to the world, to the lost. Because you may have in, uh, in seen this before in your life or, or had this occur. Non-believers know your do and don'ts better than you do. You know what I mean? They know what you're not supposed to be doing and what you are supposed to be doing. And they'll call you out on it. Now, they're hypocritical. We get that. But man, it makes you look at yourself and think, they're watching me. They are watching you. Believe me. But they can, what they can't stand, I would say this, what the world probably can't stand the most, probably about Christians in general, is that your words are not lining up with your actions. And they can see right through it. And so today, we have an obligation to believers to be an example, but also to our unsaved loved ones and friends, and just unsaved people everywhere. I want to start by reading in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 through 16. Paul says, if you explain these things to the brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Do not waste your time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. 
This is a trustworthy saying and everyone should accept it. This is why we work hard and continue to struggle for our hope is in the living God who is the savior of all people and particularly of all believers. Verse 11, teach these things and insist that everyone learn them. Don't let anyone think less of you because you are young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your, pur your purity. Until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. Do not neglect the spiritual gift you've received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. Keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Today, I want to speak to you on being an example. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for this relationship that Paul and Timothy shared. And Lord, any one of us to have a mentor who would pour into us uh, is, is invaluable. God, I pray that we would cling, that we would search for that person that would speak to us. Maybe we're the mentor and we can help somebody younger than us. But Lord, help us as we look at their relationship and what, what Paul instructed Timothy. And Lord, let us apply it to our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I, I, I kind of have three C's. You know, maybe that'll help you remember some stuff. And there's some other points in there. But the first one I want to point out is we are to carry it out. And by that I mean, I, I want to break down and kind of go back through these verses. 4, 6 said this, If you explain these things to brothers and sisters, Timothy, you will be a worthy servant of Christ Jesus, one who is nourished by the message of faith and the good teaching you have followed. Now I want to say, you who attend Praise Assembly have consistently received on-point teaching here at Praise Assembly. Would you agree with that? You may find yourself mumbling, I don't agree with that. That's okay. You may not agree with everything that's said. It doesn't mean it's wrong. But you may not agree with it. You may feel like, man, pastor, he, somebody must have told him what I'm going through because he's talking to me. I want to tell you, I've been there. That is the Holy Spirit. You take it up with the Holy Spirit this morning. We don't, pastor, what's it called? Would you tell me when, when you preach that kind of thing, reactionary for type thing. There, there's two things. You can be preaching to people about what you're dealing with and coming down hard on people when it's you that's doing it. But there's also that thing of, of knowing of a situation. I've done this too. I already knew what I was speaking on and I have this conversation. I'm going to think they are going to think I'm talking about them this morning and it couldn't be further from the truth, but I'm not going to change it. I'm going with what God gave me. So if I step on your toes this morning, again, take it up with him. But I think we owe it a great gratitude to Pastor Petrucci for giving us unadulterated, not sugar-coated scripture, but doctrine in truth and in love, and not just to tingle our ears. Do you know there are a lot of churches that love to tingle the ears of the, of the congregation? They want to tell them what they want to hear, and who doesn't want to hear what you want to hear, but it is the pastor that loves you that tells you what you need to hear. And so thank you, Pastor Petrucci. Thank you, Pastor Hans. I'm not going to throw myself in there because I'm not going to put myself up, but I, I can't help but only provide that for you this morning. And one thing you can't say, whether you've agreed, 
whether you've thought, you know, it wasn't adaptable to your life or whatever, what I can tell you is it has never been misrepresented or sugarcoated. And so thank you to the pastors here who would, who would love us enough to tell us the way it is, the way God says it is. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Hopefully, if, if you've not been in you know, this church very long or you've come, hopefully you've attended a Bible-based, doctrinally sound church uh, prior to, be ten, pre, to attending here. It, Paul says to Timothy, and, and I would say to us, it has nourished you. It has fed you. It has helped you to grow in your faith. It's built you up. And it's encouraged you, and maybe oftentimes, for me included, it's corrected me in my thinking and in, and in my living. Uh, so I, I'm thankful for that. My question to you is, and this pastor kind of touched on this last week from Ephesians, is all of that good teaching, all of that nourishment, all of that building up in your faith, what are you going to do with it? What are you going to do with it? We don't want to, we want to live on it. We want to act out upon it. We don't want to just take it all in for ourselves and be this spiritual hoarder that I'm going to fill up, fill up, and I'm not giving it to anybody. No, the idea is that we would be filled up and we would be able to pour out once again to other people, to non-believers, to believers. Amen. If you're like me, I grew up in church and we sang a song from when I was one of those moving up kids in life group. This little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine, right? And I love the part when we got to the second verse, because you got to yell, hide it under a bushel. No, no I'm going to let it shine. Man, I couldn't wait. It's coming, and I'm going to get in on it. We need to be that child once again, that we have all of this. We, we're, I, and I, I don't know, I liken it to a, a sheep. If you know sheep, they eat, and the, if, they'll keep eating. And that's why if you've ever seen their bodies they're so wide, and they can't handle it. They'll, they will fall over and die because they've eaten so much and they can't stand anymore. And we can become like that. And we need to pour out once again into people's lives. We need to carry it out, live it out, and share it with others. Uh, in, in verse 7, Paul continues, don't waste time. And this speaks to a lot of us. Don't waste time arguing over godless idea ideas and old wives tales. Another uh, version of the Bible says, don't, don't argue over silly myths. Today, I, I, I do find and I, I sense it a little bit that there's so much to debate in the Christian world, in the, in the church. We, ha we find these debates that we need, that we argue and we think we're, we're helping one another and we're really just hurting one another. These are things that I, I would talk about. You've heard the saying, but you major on the minors. Who cares? Is it, is it keeping me from heaven? Am, am I losing my salvation because I don't agree with you here? Well, then drop it. I don't understand why we, we, we do these things and we, we try to prove our point. I've shared before that I worked at the Chrysler plant. And maybe I've shared that here, but uh, 20, I don't know. How old is Kayla? 23, 24 years ago, I think I worked there. And there, many times at every break time, whether it was lunchtime or 15-minute break or whatever, there were the four pastors in my area, and they used that break time to get together and very animated and very heated debate scripture. And this guy who wanted no part of it 
said these words to me. He said, they're always preaching at me. And look at them. Why would I want any part of that? Now, that's the first time I, I, I assume people think that. I assume that, you know, if my testimony is not lining up with the way I'm telling them, I would imagine that that would be their response, but this was the first time I heard somebody actually say that. Why would I want any part of that? You're telling me about this love and this grace, and yet you four guys get together and argue? Uh, I can do that without God. You know, I can argue all day long with, with whoever. They see right through, and we can hurt our testimony by doing things like that. They are not mature enough to understand. Now, there's a place in time for that, I believe. We, we can talk about things. We can, we can have differences of opinion. But when we're out in the open like that and there's all these non-believers watching us and we're arguing, I just don't think that that is the right way to go about it. Paul says, instead, train yourself to be godly. He goes on in verse 8 to say, physically training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits not only in this life, but in the life to come. And that is why I'm taking this verse and telling you I will not lose the 50 pounds by the time I turn 50 that I thought I would. Because I choose to train for godliness and not physical training. You with me? You're with me, right, Faith? Thank you. <laughs> I, I could say this. I could, I could stand to lose 10 pounds before my daughter's wedding so I don't go on with these pictures forever and ever and I'm, you know, where I'm at. But I just tell Lynn, I'm just training to be godly. You can't be mad at me because Paul said it's, you know. What this is not saying is physical exercise is bad. It is not. And as we all grow older, I'll include myself in that, I'm telling you, I came up here, I told Pastor Hans this before I came up. Sometimes I can be out here and I'm just about to come up and speak and I have an ailment. This morning it's my lower back. Like I said, I've been crouching all week in these tight corners and everything. But the minute I get up here, I don't remember it. I don't, until after church, I think, oh, my back didn't hurt the whole time I speak. Now that I say it, now it's, it's bothering me. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with physical activity. But, and I, and I will not lump, I know Lisa Fry's a big runner, I know Pam, you're a big hiker and runner, and I, so I'm not putting us in these, in these things. Anything, anything that is taking you away from time with God needs to be put aside. It, it has to have a healthy balance, but I would err on the side of godliness over physical nature, if, that, if that's what we're talking about. But if we're talking about anything that um, is messing up my priorities, and, and I'm only picking on physical activity because Paul said it here, but it would be the thing that would be, you know what, I've gotten up early every day this week to go running. I think this Sunday morning, I'm just going to take it easy. I'm going to stay home. Or, you know, it leaves you tired and wiped out. And, you know, that, that devotion I was going to read tonight, I'm just too tired. And I, I've been there. This week, I have been there. Uh, I, we're working on a bathroom. If you need, need a little context, that's what we're doing. And, man, when I hit the bed, it's all I can do. I have to turn over, and I'm moaning, this way, this way. Um, and so we all need to be in shape. I get it. We, we do. It's, it's responsible because we want to be healthy. But in order to be an example to others, we've got to carry out, again, what, what God has given to us, what he has birthed in our hearts. And we've got, we, we've got to be consumed with him and, and with serving him rather than all of these other things. 
Hide it under a bushel? No. There you go. I, I toyed with that because I thought they're not going to do it. And then I have to say something about not doing it. You did it, and that was great. <laughs> Paul's next thing, so carry it out. That was our first C. Our second C this morning, Paul's instructions to Timothy about his conduct, how we conduct ourselves. In verse 12, he says this, don't let anybody think less of you because you are young. And this is great. This, as I read this devotionally, this is what spoke to me right here because it lays it out so perfectly. Be an example to all believers in what you say, in, what, in the way you live, in your love, your faith, and your purity. And I want to focus on those for just a minute. The message version of the Bible says, teach believers with your life. And you may know this famous quote. It's by St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times, and if necessary, use words. That to say, our actions should be speaking the gospel. In what we say and in the way we live, it should be speaking the gospel. Amen? Would you agree with that? Amen. Thank you. Paul lists these five areas, and I, I just want to break them down. You, you may say, and I wanted to preface all of this by saying, you may be thinking, I don't want to be an example to anybody. And I get it. You know, it's, it's a lot of responsibility when you think of that. I used to always say, these three steps up onto this platform, all of a sudden, that takes on a huge weight on my part. And you view me differently, and I don't know why that happens. But the minute somebody steps up here, they must be important, and they must have something to say. And that's a huge responsibility to me. That's why I would dare ever go out on my own and start speaking my own doctrine, but the word of God. So you may say, I, I don't... How do I be an example? I'm glad you asked, because Paul has given us five ways we can all look at that we can do. The first one, in what you say. And I would even say this, sometimes it's almost about what you don't say, that people would view you as different. Have you ever met a person where you just notice, you're having a conversation, you start, my first thing is, they're not using offensive language. Hmm. That's the way I look at it. And listen, non-Christians don't have to curse either, but Christians certainly shouldn't be swearing, okay? And I'm, that's, whether you believe that or not, I'm just going to give you that right now. That's how I think of it. And you start to have this conversation. You start to think, hmm, I, like I don't know how to broach the subject, but I think they're a believer. Just, just, just by the way we're having this conversation. But I had a recent conversation uh, with Chuck Allen. We were talking about the Navy, and he said, there's a reason it's called swear like a sailor, because sailors swear on those submarines. They are relentless. And I don't want to be known as that. I, I, I hope you don't either. I mean, ladies, please, don't swear like a sailor. That would not be very becoming. But men, I mean, the thing is, have you ever, we watch TV, we watch movies, you hear it, okay, I'm an adult, I can handle it, I've heard it before. But have you ever watched a movie and thought, this is a little over the top? Like, this is, this is way too much. We don't want to be found, you know, speaking negative things like that. We don't want to be known as a liar. I would hate for that to be said about me. Oh, don't talk to Pastor Brandon, he's a liar. I mean, that, that kind of doesn't, doesn't coexist. Always complaining, always being the hypocrite. Um, you know, a lot of times, and the saying is, practice what you preach. And that's exactly what we're kind of talking about this morning. We can choose to be an encourager with our words, but many times, as Proverb 18.21 says, the tongue can bring death or life. 
and those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Our words, we really need to think about those things, is our words have the power to destroy somebody. We may never physically lay a hand on them with, the, with our words, we can devastate them. And if you've ever had that done to you, you know that that's the case. Sometimes we like to wield that power a little bit, don't we? I choose to devastate you with my words, and I'm going to tear you down. And we love, to, we love to have this power over somebody. Now, we can choose to let our words bring life to others. Amen? We want to be an example in the things that we say. Uh, obviously, sharing the gospel with people, but in just our everyday living, people at work, people, your neighbors, they should see something different. Number two, be an example in the way you live. For you and I today, I, I wonder, I'll, I'll, I'll talk to myself, I wonder if I demonstrate that God is in my life. If, if, if my neighbors can look at, look at me, um, and I don't know what it looks like, I don't stand there and think, now I look like God's in my life. It's just in my actions, it's in my conversation with them, it's in my encouragement with them. You ever had that person you don't want to go to because they're negative and you don't want to talk to that person? We, we've all seen it. But I want to ask you, how do you conduct yourself? Would, would that neighbor of yours look at you and think, there's something different? And I, I understand that could be taken two ways. You could really be different, or you could be different for the sake of the gospel. Um, but, you know, are you, are you fit, prone to fits of anger and rage? I mean, I, housework, doing the work I'm doing right now, man, you'll lose your sanctification real quick. Well, you know, when you're trying to... Gordy came over the other day, and I saw towards the end he had, his thumb was bleeding. Because if you ever hold something up and hammer it, you're going to whack it. And I've got cuts all over my hand, and I don't even know how they got there. But you can get angry. And you can, my, you have different ways of saying it, but you mean, it's the same intention. You're not using the curse word, but you mean the same thing when you, you know, say it the one way. So not that I'm doing that. I'm just, people, people do that. I know people do that. There's a great uh, ad campaign, Do You Need a Snickers Bar? You ever see that? This person's portrayed as somebody totally different because they need a Snickers Bar, and now they're back to normal. Now they can relax. We don't want to be those kind of people that, you know, do you need a Snickers Bar? I, I think we probably said that to each other as a staff, you know, just because you're being ugly right now, and we don't need that. We need to be an example in the way we live. Paul goes on to say, be an example in your love. And I would say, first and foremost, to your love for the Lord should be most evident in any believer's life is your love for Jesus Christ as your Savior. That should be priority. But with that love, are you able to show compassion towards others? Are you able to show compassion towards your enemies? And many times, you know... Pastor and I have probably talked about this. Do you really walk around like this enemy? You, look, you, you think of this enemy like it's a total opposite of you. is always conniving to get you. And maybe you have that in your life. I don't know. But Satan is the father of lies. He's the father of all of these things. And he is our enemy. He is our enemy. But do you know, and I'm not talking about Satan now. I'm talking about the enemies that you face. Do you know that God loves them just as much as he loves you? And do you know that you're supposed to love them just like God loves you and loves them? And believe me, I know that can be hard. I know it can be. But we're not, you know, we weren't promised a cakewalk. 
It's going to be difficult as we grow in the Lord. We're going to start recognizing that these relationships we had, these, these unhealthy things that we've had, we need to face them. We can't just stick our head in the sand and pretend. I mean, I, I, had, to, I had to apologize to a children's pastor I had when I was growing up because I was rough on that guy. I, his name was Pastor Kevin, and it, I liken it to my son. He's got Colin, Josh, and Brandon. It was me, Jeff, and Kyle. That, that, it was all day long, me, Jeff, and Kyle, and we wreaked havoc in that children's church. It was so stupid. I can't believe I'm saying that, but we did. And I was able to talk to him on the phone. I said, Pastor Kevin, I, I want to apologize. I was, I was pretty bad. He's like, mm, yeah, you, you were pretty rough. I was like, you're not supposed to say that back. You just accept my apology and don't remind me of it. I had gone back, and uh, I was dating a girl before I met Lynn, and she still went to that church. So I'm thinking it's probably seven years after I had left that church, I went to a church picnic at that church. And I had to hear over and over, you were the worst kid. You, used, you were on the roof that time. I was like, I was never on the roof. If anybody, that was my older brother. It was not me. But I was like, can we move on? Can we move past you know, my history at this church? But I thought my dad owned the church. He was the pastor. I thought I could do whatever I wanted. And that's kind of how I conducted myself. I don't know why. And I don't even know how I got off on the tangent. I'm kind of airing my, my, what's going on inside of me. <laughs> Matthew 22, this is Jesus speaking. They're, they're asking him this question. They say, teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Do you agree with that this morning? Amen. And that's how you love God. Listen to what Jesus says. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally. Do you know what equally means? That means it's the same. That's right. It's the same. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Now, naturally, you know to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. But Jesus is saying equally as important, I'm supposed to love my neighbor. I would say equally, I'm supposed to love my enemy. And this is Jesus's words. So I have no reason to refute that, only to be accepting of it and work on it. It's not, it doesn't happen overnight. We all know this. We've all tried. We've all looked at somebody. You ever, you ever make the effort, and I'm, I'm going to go make this right, and you're totally not received very well. You didn't get the reaction you were hoping for where you were both going to embrace and cry. It was, uh, you, well, you did this. It was like, oh, my goodness, because I can get it all regurgitated again just as easily and get just as angry again. We need to be an example in our love. Hallelujah. Number four, be an example in your faith. Again, is your faith evident to others? Are, are you just, just like everybody else? There should be something. Hopefully, there is something. My father shared the story, and I may have shared the story, that he worked uh, in an office, and these two guys that sat next to each other for 20 years, 20 years. And the guy opens his bottom filing cabinet drawer, and there's a Bible in there. The guy goes, are you a Christian? He said, I am too. Oh, isn't this great? My father said, great. 20 years and there was no indication that either of you were a believer. You know, you would hope that that would come out at some point. And I want that said about me that, 
oh, that's why he was different, you know, not because he was kooky, but because, oh, he, he loves the Lord, and that's why he acted. I, I used to just refrain. I got so angry at my friend that, you know, I put myself in the situations, but a lot of times I was a des designated driver, and that was because I wanted to go where they were going, but I wasn't going to do what they were doing. And so we'd pile like seven big guys in my little car where it could almost feel like I shouldn't be having this much weight in here. But I would get brought into situations that I should have never been in because I was hanging around them. But yet, they I'll tell it this way. I was at a party. They were passing something around in a circle for everybody to smoke. And when it came to me, I said, no, nah, I'm not going to. My friend said, no, no, he that's great, man, that's great. And then they would continue on and do it, you know, so. Our faith should be so strong that, listen, as a Christian, don't walk around defeated. You're not defeated this morning. You give this impression to people like, oh, woe is me. What hope are you giving them? What, what, you know, how are you going to boost that? Psalm 42, 11 says this, why so downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior, my God. I want that to be my faith. I want people to look at me and think whatever he has, that's what I want. Tell me about why. Why are you like that? Why, are you, why do you do those things? Why do you say those things or not say those things? Tell me why. I want to inspire others through my faith in God. Have you ever met somebody that you thought, man, their faith is just... They, they've got it. You know, they, they, they always have the right thing to say. They always encourage me. And here I thought I was going to encourage them, and they encouraged me. I mean, that, that's the kind of faith you want. Do you know you can have that faith today? You can be that person that's, that's somebody saying, I want, what do you have? I, I want it. You know, you can be that person. But if you just walk around going, I don't know, you know. Oh, I got faith in the Lord, but you know, you know, if you, if you carry yourself that way. I read this just last night, and I want to read this to you. This is Pastor J uh, Jim Simbla of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, if you know who he is. And he'll always post a little thing, but I just thought this was perfect. He writes, when Elijah appeared before King Ahab, the Bible tells us this wicked king was going to be challenged and rebuked by God through the prophet. And Elijah introduced himself and said, as the Lord Almighty lives, whom I serve... What he's saying is Elijah had a living God. It was somebody he was actively serving. Jim uh, Simbler goes on to say, how many people go to church but don't have a living God? They have a concept. They have a doctrine. They have a five-point Calvinism. They have an Armenianism. They have a charismatic teaching. They have this, this position or that position. They're Methodist. They're Lutheran. They're Church of God. They're Assembly of God. And they identify that way, but they don't live every day with the thought, God is alive. He hears me when I cry. He watches me today. He wants to help me today. The first thing faith says is, God is. God is alive today. You serve a living Savior today. And so that needs to proceed out of everything you do. Every contact that you have is this great faith that we all need to be an example in. Number five, be an example in purity. Now this word purity is from a Greek word called hognoia, and that means chastity. Literally, Paul is telling Timothy, be sexually pure. 
Be self-restrained. Now, I, I don't know that Timothy was married. I know Paul wasn't. And so there's extra emphasis on that because you're a single person. Uh, you can get in lots, lots of trouble. Single people, you have it tough today. You have it tough because you are bombarded. We're all bombarded, but it wasn't like when I was your age. I right now can go online and look at a sports page and be bombarded with the side line of pictures. It's like, what does that got to do with what I'm looking up right now? But yet they think I need to see it, you know, and it's a Kardashian or somebody like that. It's like, what do I need to see that for? But we have, we open ourselves up to it and we need to be sexually pure. Amen? Amen. All the young people said? Amen. That's one of those things I don't agree, but okay. One of the things um, my girls used to talk about, I don't know if I should call them out, but there was a, a group of singers who grew up in church and they became this band and their father managed their band and they wore purity rings. Now, if you wear a purity ring this morning, I'm not coming down on you because what I want to tell you is it's got to stand for something. It can't be just this, this outward appearance of, look at, look at this, I'm pure, I'm pure, and then you're not pure. Those rings mean something, and if you're going to wear them, they, you, you kind of put yourself out there that now there's a lot of weight on you to upkeep that. Well, these young men grew up to be older young men. And they actually ridiculed one another on this documentary we watched about having worn the purity rings and how stupid it was and all of this stuff. It's like, why was it stupid? And it was because they totally gave themselves into the life of the, the rock star and all of the, that comes with it. Um, unfortunately, today, I, I don't even know how I got on this email list, but it's called Ministry Watch. And this site is basically telling you of pastor after pastor after church going through moral failures and that they've been removed and now they're doing... They, they break it down and tell you all of the juicy stuff about this pastor who has failed. And I want to tell you, not just single people, but outside of marriage, we need to be pure. If you are married, you are one wife, one husband, and you are to be just the two of you. But unfortunately, this happens in our world, and, and I don't know how in the world it happens in church, but we're not, we're not uh, you know, I'm not separated in special cage put around me so I can't be impure. It can happen to anybody, uh, and it's, it's happening, and I'm telling you, I get this email every other day of another one and another one, and I don't, you know, I don't know what to do with that. I don't, I don't need to know all the juicy details. I, you pray for them. You hope that they are making an effort to get back right, not only with God, because that's their first priority, but to, to grow and to move on from it and, and get back into ministry if, if they can. We are to be an example in purity. This is what Jesus said in Matthew 5. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery, but I say anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery in his heart. So we're not just talking, again, the action of being pure, sexually pure, but pure in our minds, pure in our hearts, pure in our thoughts. And the mind is, man, you can, you can let your mind go and it'll, it'll carry you into many places. But we want to ask the Lord today to help us in, in overcoming this kind of thing. My last C for you this morning is, is commitment. Carry it out 
our conduct, and our commitment. Timothy says, or Paul says to Timothy, until I get there, focus on reading the scriptures to the church, encouraging the believers and teaching them. We need to be emphasizing God's word in our everyday life. And I find it ironic, you know, Paul's saying, until I get there. And I feel like the Lord tells us that, that until I come, we are, we are to emphasize his word. We want to we speak it. We want to live it. It says, do not neglect the spiritual gift you have received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. Have you ever had somebody speak something over your life? And I mean, I have, and it's, it's pretty powerful, and then I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. All right, where's, when's this coming? Because I was prayed about it a long time ago, and I'm still waiting. But if you've been prayed over, I want to ask you are, you, are you, are you actively seeking it? Are you living in that spiritual gift? Because we've all been given something special by God. And, and many times, you, you may feel like it's insignificant, but I want to tell you, this morning, I don't usually go over and eat breakfast. I, I usually eat breakfast before I get here, so I'm not hungry, but I knew Gordy was making sausage and, and gravy this morning, and I wanted to try that. And you had people behind the counter. I'd never ordered a drink, and Sarah made me a drink, and it was, yeah, I was taking it all in. Do you know you don't have to be like, you don't have to be up here preaching. You have a gift to offer the body of Christ. That's why God gave it to you, to be able to pour into others and, and give of ourselves. In 2 Timothy, Paul, writing again to Timothy, says this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice. And I know the same faith continues strong in you. This is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. When we're given something, we need to stir it up, fan into flame, and as it grows, and we allow God to do that work in us. I'll move quickly this morning. We need to devote ourselves fully to Christ. We need to go all in. We, we, we hear the, the phrase all the time about being lukewarm. I don't want to be lukewarm. And do you know what the Bible says is that he will spew them out, the, the lukewarm church. He'll spew them out. He never knew them, and I don't want that to be said of any of us today. Paul tells Timothy to throw himself into his task. Throw yourself into it. There's nothing wrong with, with, with hobbies. There's nothing wrong with a career. There's nothing wrong with toys. There's nothing wrong with guitars. You know, there's nothing wrong with these things. Motorcycles, Larry. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But they all have to be put in proper place, and we need to be about the Lord's business today. Hallelujah. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else. And live righteously, and he will give you everything you want. Is that what it says? No. See, I don't need a guitar. I may want one. Lynn, I may want one. <laughs> but I don't need one. Oftentimes, people treat God like he's a genie in a bottle, and we're going to rub it, and we're going to get three wishes. And if you're like me, I always thought, man, as a kid, one of those wishes, I'm wishing for 100 more wishes. I mean... It doesn't take a lot of smarts. God knows, obviously, that we need food to live. We need a job to provide for our families. He knows all of these things. And he will provide for all of us this morning. It's the same God in Philippians that says, and this same God will take care of me and supply all my needs according to his riches and glory, which have been given in Christ Jesus. Devote ourselves to following Christ.
Timothy, or, I'm sorry, Timothy, First Timothy says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. Stay true to what is right for the sake of your own salvation and the salvation of those who hear you. Lastly, this morning is we need to take spiritual inventory of our lives. I've had the opportunity to serve communion the last couple of times, and uh, as, as Paul's talking to the Corinthian church, that's what he's telling them, is they're taking communion, or we need to examine ourselves. God, what, what is it? Is there a sin that I'm not recognizing that you need to point it out and I need to face it? Please do that. But Lord, if there's something that I'm, I'm conscious of and I know that it's been something I've been struggling with, Lord, would you help me? Do you know he can help you today? He's not like any of us. He's not like any of us. I'll help you. I'll help you out however I can, however I'm able. But God is more than able to help and accomplish all of these things. Paul says, keep a close watch on how you live and on your teaching. And we want to be demonstrating all of these things, again, especially to believers and to build us up in, in, in our faith. In closing today, I want to tell you, I know that it's not all mountaintop. It's not. We all go through times where it's just, these things are just not even possible. We barely get our head off the pillow, let alone love my enemies or, or be an example of how I live. You ever, you ever see that kid where, I'm sure there's been a commercial, but you're saying something, you're driving, okay, so I did, it was me, it was me, it wasn't a commercial, it was me. I'm driving and somebody, now this is by example, and Kayla's in a car seat that tells you how small she was. And a guy cuts me off and she goes, idiot. Now, where did she get that from? Probably Lynn. I'm not saying, but. <laughs> Man, they're, they're watching. The kids are watching you. But I'm telling you, people are watching us at all times, and it can be a battle. And it, it's one that requires our diligence. It, it's one that keeps us, we've got to be pressing in. We, wa we want to have to want to grow more. That's what our life group right now is about, is growing closer to God. We can very easily say, I, I'm no example to be followed. But we have great resource in the Bible. Are you thankful for God's word today? It's got the answers you're looking for today. It is a treasure and what that Bible tells me is that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can do it today. I'm thankful for the loving Savior. The Holy Spirit guides us and leads us. And Paul says this to the Corinthian church, and you can say this. You can live a life in such a way that you can say these words, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Bow your heads with me today.